Hello and welcome. This podcast is a production of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, parents, and friends. My name is Susan Lynch, and I'm the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning in the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. This podcast features Angela Orbaugh, the lead faculty for cybersecurity and IT at the School of Continuing and Professional Studies at the University of Virginia, where she teaches a variety of courses, including cybersecurity, ethical hacking, and smart cities. She's also the CEO of Tomorrow Today, a woman-owned small business bringing consulting expertise in cyber, data, and sustainability with a passion for creating a safer, smarter, and resilient world. In this podcast, Angela and I will discuss today's social engineering cyber trends and techniques and how you can protect yourself from social engineers. So hello, Angela. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Susan. I'm happy to be here. It's always exciting to be able to do some work with uh, lifetime learning. So thank you. Well, thank you. So the title that you provided for this podcast is Hacking the Human, How to Protect Yourself from Today's Cyber Scams. So what is human hacking? So human hacking involves a variety of psychological tactics, basically to convince people to reveal information or to take an action they wouldn't normally take. So really, it's manipulation. Um, it's also called social engineering, and it's very much an art form. And a lot of cyber criminals, they've moved away from those more technical attacks where they exploit vulnerabilities, right, and systems. Now they're focusing on hacking the humans instead. Humans are a frequently vulnerable avenue of exploit. So this ends up making humans the weakest link in cybersecurity. And most cyber attacks begin by targeting people, whether it be through email or phone or text or maybe your social networks or other methods. So how are humans hacked? And you explained a little bit about that, but why is it so effective? So most human hacking is in the form of, of one of these three things or a combination of these three things. We've got phishing with a PH, vishing with a V, and smishing with an SM. I know they're crazy sounding words, um, but phishing with a PH, that involves sending emails to trick users into either clicking on links or opening attachments, both of which have malware, by the way, or somehow just revealing sensitive information. And this is, phishing is the one that a lot of people are familiar with. Now, cyber criminals also perform vishing though. That's voice phishing. This is over the phone. Here, we, here the cyber criminals, they wanna get access to sensitive information from users. Um, honestly, vishing, sometimes this method is even more successful because people are more likely to trust a human voice. Uh, lastly, we have smishing, that is SMS phishing. So it's a method of phishing that uses text messages instead of emails or phone calls. So those are the three main types. And you ask, you know, why is this effective? Well, it's effective because it targets aspects of human emotions. Attackers are typically successful at exploiting these emotions, fear, greed, generosity, obedience, and curiosity, those five. Those 
five human emotions make us humans the weakest link in cybersecurity. And it's not because people are uh, gullible or that they don't care. It's they're, they're vulnerable because they're being influenced and they're being manipulated in some way. You know, human hackers, they have some really great skills. They have skills in creativity, in persuasion, even marketing. And some are really good at projecting confidence, creating trust, and then exploiting that trust. So bottom line, human hackers attempt to influence our rational behavior to get us to make irrational decisions without us even knowing. And when you think about it, it's not too unlike a really good salesperson who gets you to buy something that you didn't really need. Yeah, thanks for describing those different kinds of hacking. That's good to know. So you mentioned the emotions of fear, greed, generosity, obedience, curiosity as the traits that are often taken advantage of. So what are the examples of those kinds of hackings? Like, how, what does that look like? So let me give you some examples of each of those, especially ones that we're seeing right now. Um, fear, and that's one of the most common ones. And we're seeing that a lot with IRS scams, where the attacker says, they, they give someone a call, they say they're calling from the IRS, the person owes back taxes, and the police are coming for you if you don't pay right away. So it's instilling fear in the target. Now, a common greed attack, that offers the person a reward of some sort. So what we see in this one a lot of times is the target is um, asked to transfer money. And in return for transferring that money, you get a percentage. Uh, so we see that one a lot. That one goes back pretty far. It's been around for a long time. Now, an example of targeting generosity, this happens a lot with a physical type of attack into a building where a cyber criminal might get someone to hold the door open for them. Well, typically this door is a secured door. Maybe you need a badge to get in and out, but cyber criminals and human hackers are so good at you know winning people over that someone will just generously hold the door open for them as they're running up frantic needing to, to get in. Um, also, generosity comes into play if the cyber criminal wants to uh, human hack a help desk person. You would think someone working at a help desk, they know all the tricks, right? But sometimes help desk people are targeted and tricked by cyber criminals who are pretending to be a frantic user who needs to reset their password and they're in the middle of some sort of crisis and the help desk person will fall for this essentially and reset the password but it's not really the user. It's a cyber criminal who now has access to that user's account. Obedience, uh, we're seeing that one a lot. This is a common phishing attack where someone might get an email from the CEO or some other person within the organization who's higher up asking them to purchase and send them gift cards, which may seem out of context, but it's usually got a sense of urgency in there. So someone wants to listen to the CEO. They want to listen to the person of authority. Um, another obedience example would be someone calling or emailing, posing to be the police or a government official for example. And then the last one, curiosity. Honestly, many people want to just click on that link in the email. They're curious. They want to see what that's about. They want to see, oh, wait, is this true? Is this real? Am I supposed to do something? It's curiosity. Another curiosity attack, cyber criminals do this a lot as well, is they'll take those little USB thumb drives 
and they'll leave those in a parking lot somewhere or a hallway and someone will come by eventually pick up this usb thumb drive and say hey i wonder what's on this and they'll take it back to their computer and they'll slip it in to see what's on there out of curiosity but unfortunately what's on there is malware that's now installed on the computer so those are some current examples of what we're seeing in those areas yeah i think i've seen some of those myself so, um, and uh, had to uh, make sure that I didn't click on those. <laughs> so, um, what are the consequences of those kinds of human hacking? I mean, I think we can extrapolate, but really what, it, what are some of the consequences? So there's many consequences of any victim who falls for human hacking. Both individuals and organizations lose money due to human hacking. And that's really what the attackers are mainly out to get. In fact, I saw one statistic that reported that $17,000 is lost every minute due to phishing attacks. And I honestly think that's probably an underestimate because phishing attacks account for more than 80% of all reported security incidences. Um, some other consequences, you could have your identity stolen. You could have spyware and other malware downloaded to your computer. You could have your computer data held hostage by ransomware which leads back to the loss of money. Yet again, if you pay the ransom or loss of data, if you don't, um, if you clicked on one of those fake links and it directed you to a site to enter in your username and password, and so you tried to log in, now the attacker has your login name and password. So there's certainly a variety of consequences. A lot of it really does go back to money or getting credentials, usernames and passwords. Yeah, so $17,000. Wow, that's, that's, that's. <laughs> per day. That, that's amazing. So huge consequences. So what kinds of human hacking are people seeing today? Well, cyber criminals and especially the human hackers, they're opportunists. They'll latch on to any current event or any news story to try to take advantage of the human. Um, so if there's a holiday coming up, you'll see more holiday-related scams. If there's some sort of current event happening, you'll see more scams tailored to that. So it's no surprise this year that we've seen an amazing uptick in human hacking related to the COVID-19 pandemic, both directly and indirectly. You know, Google alone has stated that they're blocking hundreds of millions of COVID-19-related spam emails from cyber criminals daily hundreds of millions daily. And that's just Google, right? And so they might not even be getting all of them, but there's all other email services out there as well. So some of these scams are making their way through and people are falling victim to ransomware, malware, and other types of scams. And don't forget, it's not just email. Um, it's also phone calls and it's also text messages. So let me give you a rundown of some of the things that we've been seeing at least over the past few months. We're seeing a lot of fake charities. We're seeing a lot of fake medical supplies and vaccines, even fake virus tracking apps. Um, there's a number of scans that look like they come from the CDC or WHO, the World Health Organization, and they claim to offer information on the virus, but they have links or attachments that end up resulting in malware infections. Um, some people have received fake medical forms, um, medical leave forms over email. So really the bait here is offering the ability to take leave under the Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA. But when you open the attached form, it downloads malware. And it's usually in this case, a banking spyware 
and then there's also several fake contract uh, contact tracing apps that people are downloading. So you need to make sure that you're downloading your apps from legitimate um, stores, like the app stores. Um, these apps look just like the official government apps. So they're, they're really sophisticated. However, they install malware on the phone, which typically steals banking information and other personal information as well. So those are a lot of the direct directly related to the pandemic, but there's a lot of indirect scams right now. So there's a lot of unemployment scams right now because a lot of people are unemployed and directly related to the pandemic. So there's emails that people will receive asking them to identify their personal information, sometimes under the guise of receiving an economic stimulus, stimulus check. Well, once the person actually reveals that information, the human hacker, the cyber criminal, is going back with that personal information, filing for unemployment in your name, but putting their bank account in it for the checks. Um, another popular one is airline carrier refunds. Cyber criminals know that millions of people canceled flights, and they're really hoping to bait someone who's waiting on a response about their refund. Um, here's a really good, interesting one, too, that comes to mind, is there's an indirect scam right now that targets HR and recruiters by sending resumes, and these resumes have malware installed in them that installs once they're downloaded. And yet again, this malware typically steals banking credentials and other personal information. I saw one statistic about this, that the proportion of resumes infected with malware actually doubled over the last couple of months. So this is another indirect impact. People are out of work, people are seeking employment. Now HR and recruiters are becoming a target. Uh, students are seeing a lot of fake emails posing as financial aid relief funds. And then also, uh, what are people doing when they're staying home? You know, they're watching a lot of TV, they're watching a lot of movies. So now there's a lot of phishing attacks offering fake streaming services. So those are some of the top ones, Susan, but really the list can go on and on and on, anything that's related to what we're going through these days. Wow, and it, we're all going through such a stressful time. So think of our, our defenses are down because we're going through all these different things. People really have to be extra careful right now. So Yes, and that adds to it when we're talking about those emotions. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, another part of this whole pandemic is that a lot of people are working remotely now from home. And um, are you seeing any human hacking targeting them? Yeah, when employees work from home, they connect back to their organization's network, uh, typically over something called a VPN, a virtual private network. And that encrypts the communication and keeps the confidentiality. Well, there's a lot of phishing emails right now that are exploiting this concept. They look like an email coming from IT support from the target's employer. So the email will have a link that says, hey, click here for the new VPN configuration for home access. So the target clicks the link and it brings up the website for them to enter their username and password, just like always. And they think, all right, I'm upgrading my configuration. However, this link is actually directing them to a fake page that looks just like the same one that they're used to seeing. And now the attacker has their actual username and password that they can then use to log into the real system. So there's many people that are new to working from home and people even who are used to working from home, 
everyone right now wants to stay connected. Like you said, it's a different environment for everyone right now. And so people are going to likely fall for this a little more quickly because they need to stay connected and continue to do their work. Another scam for employees at home right now actually exploits a voicemail to email service. A lot of organizations have the ability to transcribe voicemails into emails. Well, a lot of remote workers who aren't in the office right now, they're using that service so that their voicemails can come to their email. So now we're seeing a lot of phishing emails coming out that look like their voicemails with attachments or a link, once again, to a fake login page so that the cyber criminals can steal their usernames and passwords or possibly get them to open an attachment with malware. Wow, again, just so many things that we need to think about. Um, because I am new to working from home. So I think about all of those things. So um, really what can we do to protect ourselves from these kinds of human hackers? It's very more, really important to do that. So how can we do that? Yes, so the best thing we can do when we receive an email, a phone call, or a text that kind of falls in line with one of these things is to take a pause. This pause will help reset our rational brain, it helps us separate from an emotional response to be able to see through a lot of the cleverness of the human hacker. Um, human hackers, they're constantly trying to create a false sense of urgency because they're trying to override that rational thinking. So taking this moment to pause when you read that email, or that text, that will help reset that thinking. And the same thing with phone calls. If you receive a phone call from someone you don't know, and they're asking them information and something doesn't sound quite right, take a pause, write down information about the caller, but don't give them any of your information, and then just tell them you'll call them back later. They'll probably be pushy and they don't want you to call them back later, but that's just what you're gonna say. <laughs> then you take some time to check into everything. You're gonna look into the matter, call the organization directly that they said that they were calling from, like maybe the IRS or whoever it may be, your bank, for example. Um, also, use another method to verify that email or a phone call. If the email looks like it's from your bank, go directly to your bank's website or give them a call directly. Don't click on the link in there. If the person on the phone says they're from the IRS or some other agency, take their information, call that agency directly. Now, don't call the number they give you <laughs> because that's just part of the scam. That's what they want you to do. They've got some other person who's ready to answer that line and say, yes, this is true. Um, but most importantly, it's important to not give out your usernames, your passwords, your date of birth, your social security number, any banking or financial data to anyone in response to an email or an unsolicited call. You know, there's a couple other things that are coming to mind that you can also do. You can take actions to protect your identity, such as freezing your credit. Um, then no one can get credit in your name. No one can open accounts in your name and it's a free service. All you need to do is call, but you need to call each one of the three credit agencies to do it. And then when you need to do something with credit, you can easily unfreeze it. And like I said, it's free. Also, backups are really important right now. In fact, I just did a full backup of my entire computer last night. Um, so it's important to back up your personal devices and also at the organizational level as well because of the increased amount of ransomware that we've been seeing lately. So you can purchase an external drive 
to plug into your computer and use that to back it up. Or you can use some of the online services or cloud services to back up your data. And then there's also all the old standbys. And this is what usually people start with, but I don't like to start with these because <laughs> a lot of people have heard it, but they're things like, you know, don't click on anything. Don't open attachments. Well, in the real world, we have to click on things and we have to open attachments. It could be part of our job. So there's other things like um, hovering your mouse over the link to see what the real address um, of the link is. Also, just keeping an eye out for things. If the email is generic in nature, it doesn't include your name, it has some misspellings, some grammatical errors. Um, this is an unsophisticated human hacker. Those are usually easier to spot. Um, any emails that encourage you to open an attachment should be scrutinized. Um, any email that's asking you to pay with a gift card or a wire transfer is definitely a scam. And these aren't emails. You'll see these also on um, sites where you can sell things, for example. You know, you're trying to uh, sell something on a marketplace or on other, some other advertising list. You'll see lots of scams where someone wants to pay you by gift card or wire transfer, and that is a scam. Um, and then also, don't trust caller ID when someone calls you because that's so easy to fake. Um, but bottom line, slow down, take a pause. Being vigilant and a little skeptical will go a long way to protect yourself from human hacking. Thanks so much, Angela. That's a lot of, for us to think about and, and really um, lots of steps that we can do to protect ourselves now in this um, uncertain time that we are in right now and moving forward, all of these things, um, many will not go away, I am sure. <laughs> exactly. All right. So thank you so much, Angela, for sharing your expertise with us today. Yes. And, and thank you for having me. Great. Great. And thank you for listening, all those out there listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website, at alumni.virginia.edu backslash learn. We look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs.